The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Kelly Sullivan Walden, a.k.a. Dr. Dream. Grateful to be here on Unity Online Radio. And today I have a very, very, very special guest that I can't wait to introduce to you. I'm just going to give you a sneak peek. Her name is Judy Wilkins-Smith, and I'll be bringing her out in just a moment. She's um, going to talk about constellation family system work. I'm probably saying that not exactly right, but um, we're going to, let's just do a quick little prayer because I have been having a stressful morning. Um, My bank accounts got hacked. And um, that's not fun. So I want to just turn within. So anybody who's having any stress right now, this is for you, not just me. Let's turn within for a brief moment and take a deep breath. Releasing and letting go as much as possible of all of the drama and any bit of commotion, chaos. And as we breathe, we know that we can create a little bit of distance, a little bit of separation from the drama, remembering that it's not all that there is. And it actually, in scope of the big picture, it's just a tiny speck on the horizon. So with every new breath, let's breathe in our connection to the infinite, to the unconditional, to the love that passes human understanding that is always at hand, always here, regardless of what the circumstances may be that we are moving through. So let's call on that and let's deeply breathe that in and wake up from whatever dream we're having. Let's make the dream lucid. Let's have it be a lucid dream that is one that empowers us and brings us into consciousness, not just for ourselves and not just for our families, but for our entire legacy, our entire lineage, past, present, future, truly what we do today, what we do now, how we resolve things in our present lives has much more implication and impact than we could possibly ever fathom. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I say with that, thank you everybody at Unity. Louie, thank you so much for being so wonderful and Diane Ray and Jeff. And um, I thank in advance my wonderful guest. So here's what we're going to talk about today. This is episode two of The Girl with the Blue Ukulele, The Search for Satya. And here's a couple questions for you all. What if every issue you struggle with in your life wasn't about your life today at all? In fact, what if your most perplexing issues were a function of unfinished business and unhealed trauma from your ancestors? And what if your repetitive attachments to your difficulties 
or how unconscious or, or how you pay homage unconsciously to your loved ones. But what if there's a better way? What if there's a more conscious way that you could still honor those who blaze the trail you are walking upon while freeing up your bandwidth to get to the business of living your life in present time? This is what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about constellation work with Judy Wilkins-Smith. She's a highly regarded organizational individual and family patterns expert, systemic coach, trainer, facilitator, thought partner, leadership conference, and motivational speaker and founder of Systems Dynamic for Organizations and Individuals. With 18 years of expertise in assisting high-performance individuals and Fortune 500 companies to have breakthroughs and peak performance, she is very passionate about the work that she does. And I am so grateful for her whole system design work. Just to let you all know, if this is the first time you're joining us or you didn't hear the episode last week, last week I introduced this new series that I'm doing that's about um, trying to use all the the dream work that we have and use all the psychic work and the healers that I bring on and all of you who are psychically attuned and who are in the mind, body, spirit world in some way, shape or form to help find this young woman. She was went missing nine years ago. Tess Lerner was in Topanga at 29 years old. She went missing and this is my neighborhood and um, her mother, Sharon, Barry, who I've recently come to know, she's let me know about her daughter. And I felt like let's, let's, I wanted to plop her right in the middle of all the good work that happens on this show. That's kind of mind, body, spirit work in general. I thought, let's not have it be in general. Let's have it be specific. Let's have her help find the, this lost girl. And if we cannot find her physically, then we can at least, and this is not a consolation prize. This is still pretty awesome. We can at least all learn a lot and maybe help to find the lost girl within ourselves. So with that, I just want to thank in advance the amazing Judy Wilkins-Smith. And thank you so much. Betsy Chassie, shout out to Betsy Chassie for connecting me with Judy. So welcome, Judy, to the Ask Dr. Dream Show. Thank you. It's lovely to be with you. So I, last week you had an opportunity to meet with Sharon and you did a quite a long and beautifully extensive session with her. Can you talk people, maybe give people a little bit of background um, in the work that you do? I want to call it constellation therapy, but you corrected me. It's not therapy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't want to get, I don't want to do that, but let me let you describe the work that you do and maybe even how you came to it. And then we'll, we'll talk about how it relates to Tess, the missing girl, but let's start with you. How did you come to this work? So I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about it being systemic work and constellations. So uh, a number of people will know it as family constellations, but I, I use organizational constellations as, as well. Mm. It is a constellation is, and we'll get to that in a bit, is part of systemic work, but it is a breakthrough part and it helps people to really work in 3D to see what I call their emotional DNA. So... Um, I work a lot with emotional DNA, and what I mean by that is your patterns of thoughts, feelings, and actions that you've inherited from generations who came before you. 
we don't just inherit physical DNA, we also inherit that. Those patterns of thoughts, feelings, actions, which again I call emotional DNA. How I got into it was, yeah, a whole lot of interesting. Um, I mm. left South Africa to come in and uh, be, live in the U.S. and was writing books and stumbled upon somebody who said, come and learn this work and I'll help you with the book because I was doing research for it. And I went and learned the work and didn't get any help with the book. Mm-hmm. But um, sort of getting into the work, somebody said to me, of course, you'll be able to do this. And I went, Why? And they said, because it comes from South Africa, that's its origins. Um, come to find out it comes or it has its roots in the Zulu nation because the, the original originator of this, Bert Herlinger, uh, went over to South Africa to go and tame the Zulus. And then he says, well, surprise, surprise, they tamed him. And oh, wow. um, he that's found great. out that they didn't have neuroses because they knew to go looking in their family systems to see what was going on that was affecting them now. In other words, what were they being asked to do with what was happening? And what made it even more interesting was when I worked in South Africa, I worked in a teaching hospital, and when I left, uh, in one of the farewells they gave me, my chief of staff is a Zulu gentleman, and he actually Mm. said, you may be leaving us, but you'll find a way to represent us in the world. And I went, yeah, yeah. And didn't think about it again. And of course, I do every single day. So it was really a full circle move. <gasps> I didn't know that part. That is so interesting. I love that. Ah, oh, and no dysfunction, no n- neurosis, because they look inside the family system to heal it. Okay, so tell they us. Look, they're not just it, to heal it, but also to ask of it what it wants from them. Ah. Uh, and that's very important because it's not just about healing. The healing comes from, so what is trying to emerge through me? What piece that needs, that looks like it needs healing, do I need to see so that I can do it differently? Because when I do, I move from inherited emotional DNA to creating new emotional DNA. And so I expand the system. And this is the beauty of it. We may not be able to easily change our physical DNA. But we can sure change our emotional DNA, which has a very large effect on our physical DNA. Oh, that is so profound. I already know I'm going to be listening back to this interview already so many times. I want to encode that in my brain. That is so, so special to ask it what it wants and to create this new DNA. So you've been doing this work now for years. And then so let's let's bring this up to up to date to the the session that you so wonderfully facilitated for Sharon Berry, the mother of Tess Lerner, who now goes by Satya, we believe. And she's the the girl who's been, or the young woman who's been missing for nine years. So in your um, opinion, do you, can you, I know that Sharon has given us permission to talk about the, what's happening with Tess so that for, for the purpose of helping find her and also hopefully heal. And um, so, so in your opinion, can you give people like kind of what happened, what, what happens in a session with you? And then how did that relate to Sharon? So typically what happens in a session with me is I ask for a history. I want to know what the issue is that you're struggling with. And then I ask for a history of the family because issues don't just come out of nowhere. 
They actually come from events that create decisions and actions and reactions that create a language and they create actions as well that support the decisions we've made. So I'm not good enough becomes I'm going to be very quiet, becomes I'm an introvert, becomes I don't speak out, becomes I can't stand up for myself. So we trace those all down to see what was the originating event or what are the themes within what's happening and why is this showing up now and what do we do with that? So I will then ask for a history of the family and I always ask, has anything similar to this happened to someone else in your family? In this case, are there other missing people? Who went Mm. missing? When did that big missingness start? Is there a culture where people are missing? Because sometimes it goes back into the culture. Was there a mega event or a meta event around the missingness that lives as a theme in your system? Um, in the Jewish system, does it go back to the Holocaust? In the Russian system, is there the, the pogroms, the diaspora? <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's, it's having a look at what are the events that have created a ripple in the family system that now echo down to you because the system doesn't like anything or anyone to be excluded. So it's mm. always looking for things to be re-membered included, incorporated, so that it can, it can go into a state of balance. So issues are the system's way of creating a symptom that will get you to look at what is out of order in the system. And the minute you begin to see that and you begin to understand the, the multi-generational patterns in the family, not only can you no longer not see it, but you now begin to shift the pattern from what is to what's possible. So where am I stuck and where do I want to move to? And the interesting piece is that where you're really irritated, frustrated, or sad, that's usually your tie to the family pattern. And your heart's desire and the deep dream and the want is tied to the piece or the chapter that only you can write and add to the system. That's what you're meant to do. So the two sit right next to each other, always in service of each other. This is so fascinating. And it seems like it. this really works at, at such a, a deep, deep level. And um, I know that in the midst of our session, when you, you started talking with Sharon um, about kind of conjuring these things, there was a, a phone call out of the blue. We got a phone call from a, a new detective on the case, and there hadn't been a conversation with anybody. This is the this is, I guess, a cold case. And out of nowhere, eight to nine years later, we're getting a call from a new um, investigator who's on the case. So it's, I, I just want people to know this is really, really powerful work. Like it's. And and there's some part of me I've 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 often um, joked about one these days I would write a book called The Lazy Girls Rules to Life Rules for Life and it would be about just doing everything on the inner planes and really not doing too much externally so there's there's a lot we can do on the inner <laughs> to affect the outer so absolutely can you, yeah so um, 
so some so if we look at the family, everybody is playing a role in some way, paying homage homage to our our ancestors and some unconscious attempt to work things out and and yet these unconscious attempts sometimes create even more pain and drama that gets passed on to future if they if it doesn't have consciousness to it so so how can we do that if one person like we talked to Sharon she's a part of the system but she's not the whole system can one person becoming conscious in the system affect the entire system absolutely but bear in mind it's not that not just that we're we're paying respect to uh, others in the system it's that we're actually taking on the the patterns of dysfunction or the limiting patterns also patterns of strength but we're taking those patterns on as though they are ours when in fact they are not you have people who've been struggling with anxiety depression anger sadness for generations only to find out that it doesn't belong to them it belongs to great great grandfather well when we can see that and we know what's happened we can give it back to whom it belongs and agree to do it differently and so both have been seen the way back and the way forward which is really important it gives you permission to then evolve and move forward having respected and given a place to what was and now you're no longer trapped in your past for a very high percentage of us we're living our ancient history we're not creating a, a true future and that only happens when you see the patterns and you begin to consciously create a different way to move forward mm. so it's looking at that i'm anxious who else is anxious everybody's anxious good this being anxious doesn't work for me so what do you want to do i also see the joy good can you be the joy bringer mm. watch so me that... as i do it differently so you were talking to to sharon about so there so part of what we what we from this perspective one reason why tess has taken off is because there was some can you say more about what you what you discovered about the the ripple effect of the the family that brought brought that to her gosh i'm trying to think of what it all was i um with her I, mean, i know she go ahead you mentioned i mean it, what came up is that there was there was the um on her dad's side there were family there was family that died in the holocaust and right. on the her mom's side on too. sharon's side there had been just like horror because of the pogroms in russia so you mentioned something about this displacement sharon the mom holding the place of groundedness and tetheredness and like the sanctity right. of she being reliable and could, kind of rooted yeah. in one place whereas it seemed like tess is taking on the asp the energy of of moving and migrating and and not feeling necessarily grounded or or feeling that she belongs and not knowing where home is yes right because yes. they they've all lost their home and so she's someone who might then struggle to find a place called home and need to move because she's following the systemic pattern and we all have systemic patterns and you know them when they hit you because you start to do things that may not necessarily be good for you but they're so familiar you find yourself doing them over and over again and with right. this this may may well be what you you could see here she got caught into the we've got to disappear we've got to be displaced we can't stay we don't belong 
if you remember her mother said she she said she didn't belong here well mm-hmm. i don't belong here is often the words of an immigrant i don't belong here it's when they haven't said thank you and honored the old country and said please and honored the new country that they can get caught between now they don't know where they belong and so mm. you can find this sort of displacement that happens and it needs someone like a sharon who who can in an inner language that she doesn't even realize say i will be the one to stay she actually talked about children she's helping raise i am right. the stability i am the one who stays so you look at her and where love life leadership all of those things had stopped flowing she is now a point at which it can start flowing again because mm. she can stay she can restore the the um stability she can say this is a place called home and if you recall one of her grandchildren actually said this is where i feel safe and at home so yeah. again you had the language of the pogroms and the language of the holocaust coming through not safe no place called home she's created a safety and a place called home so what she's done is for those who couldn't she has which then gives the next person in line freedom to say there is always a base called home and i can look around it is safe to look around knowing mm. that i have a home oh so in some way with with Sharon bringing this into consciousness because there's a lot of things that she's doing that are that are that are beautiful that seem to be in response to this this systemic work but having her be aware this is what she's doing and maybe and you said something what what really struck me and it actually like I kind of burst into tears was around you said something about the people that do the the taking off and I don't, I don't remember exactly what you said but it was like tests slash satya and the others like her we owe them a debt of gratitude because that's right they because they've are... had the courage to to take on the pattern and show it as an increased pattern that is not functioning well they're the ones who are displaying it they look almost like a sacrificial lamb or a black sheep that's not what it is they're pointing out what wants to be seen in the system and so we owe them a debt of thanks because what often happens is we look at them and go well i'm not doing that okay mm-hmm. she did so that you didn't have to right and so just, i think it's a very yeah different way to look at somebody it's not that they're they're dumb they're dysfunctional it's no they they are taking a place and when we respect that place then we are free to take another place it it seems like you know because i i relate this often to my own family situation and i i shared this with you before my sister is kind of the test character in my family and she hasn't gone missing but she's very much very 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 similar to this archetype and i'm kind of the one that stays and so i feel like i relate so much to sharon and some of the things that and this is one of the reasons why i wanted to bring you on the show is because i imagine if i'm relating and if i'm getting some healing from this i imagine other people will too because this i think nobody has has the market or has the like the corner of the market of the of dysfunctional families we we all have them there's i don't know i have never met a single one 
but I think we can all, when I look at the issues that I'm challenged by in my family with my sister, and I look at it from that broader lens of the family going back a generation, going back another generation, and all of a sudden it starts to make sense. It starts to, it, there's something about just being in the weeds of it that where it feels like it's almost like perpetuating the problem, but to step back and see this larger pattern, there's something tremendously healing, even if we don't know what to do about that. Um, so I, we're going to be going to a break pretty quickly. I just want to make sure everybody knows your website, Judy. So can you please, um, Judy Wilkins Smith, I think that's your, what that's your website, right? Can you make sure that everybody it's Judy has Judy Wilkins hyphen Smith. Okay. Judy Wilkins hyphen Smith. That's J-U-D-Y Wilkins, W-I-L-K-I-N-S hyphen Smith.com. And Judy, you have a book that's coming out soon, don't you? At some point soon? I do. It's uh, not the too distant future. It'll it'll be coming out. It's called um, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. It gets into all of these bits and pieces and shows you step by step what to do to look at your own and to channel or or chart that new course. Oh, that's wonderful. So when we come back from the break and just um, we're, we're not going just yet, but one of the things I really want to talk about in this next segment is is about the things, the physical things that we can do. So if if you're listening to this and you're saying, okay, great, I've got some dysfunction in my family. I'm the one that everyone looks at and says, why don't you change? Why don't you do better? Or maybe you're the one that is the pointing the finger saying, wow, if this person would just get their act together, then we'd be fine. And and you're saying, okay, I'm part of a larger system. We're playing out we're, we're trying to honor our ancestors. We're trying to work this stuff out. But what can I do? What can I physically do? Judy, I know you have some wonderful suggestions that um, I think we'll, we'll unpack when we get to the other side of the break for physical things we can do. So everyone get a pad and paper, get something to write this down on and because um, you're going to be bumping up against some really beautiful solutions. And again, we're talking to Judy Wilkins-Smith. So take a look at her while we have this next break. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show. I'm Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden, and this is a special series called The Girl with the Blue Ukulele Searching for Satya. And if you're just joining us, the context here is nine years ago, 29-year-old Tess Lerner went missing from Topanga Canyon. She's um, was was a neighbor of mine. Her family hasn't seen or heard from her since except for the rumor that she changed her name to Satya, which means truth in Sanskrit. Her car was found abandoned with all her worldly belongings intact, cell phone, checkbook, keys, and clothes, everything except her favorite possession, her blue ukulele. Detectives and psychics have been on the case to no avail. <clears throat> but on this show, I'm, I'm asking everyone to dream on it, to ask where to allow your dreams to expand psychically and to join us on this healing journey, as well as a truly investigatory journey where we're looking for Satya, we're looking for the girl with the blue ukulele, whether externally or internally or all of the above. And on this show today, I'm talking to Judy Wilkins-Smith, who does the most incredible systemic work and family systems in constellation work, who just did a session with Sharon, the mother of, of Tess Lerner, AKA Satya, and came up with such an insight about the larger family system. There was a big aha moment where there, where there was this revealing about how the larger family going back <clears throat> a couple generations, they were displaced. They didn't have home. They were, they didn't feel they belonged because they had been part of the Holocaust. They being Jewish, they, they were, they were run out and, and there's, so it makes sense that there's this trauma that hasn't been healed because how do you heal something like that? Unless you bring so much consciousness to it, it may take a while. And in some ways, as Judy Wilkins Smith has been showing us in some way, it's the one person in the family that seems to really act out, that really does the stuff that gets the whole family to, to recognize something is amiss here. We owe that person, not just our criticism, but we owe them our debt of gratitude because they're bringing light to the fact that we've got a problem here and we need to work on this and we need to honor this. And, um, listen to the back, the earlier part of the show to understand where this system's work comes from. But Judy Wilkins-Smith, thank you again for joining us. And Judy's website is judywilkins-smith.com with a book coming out soon. And when it does come out, Judy, I'll have to have you back on. So, oh, right. wow, so much to talk about. <laughs> One of the things that I, I was teasing at the, the end of the last segment was the things that we can do. So if somebody's listening and they're kind of like Sharon, where She's willing to do the work, but we don't know that the other people in the family are willing to look at this or do anything. What is it that that one willing person can do to hopefully affect the entire system? Yeah, and, and I would say to you, it's not even to hopefully affect the entire system. What they're looking at is their piece in it. What is my piece? What can I do from my point of view that's going to shift my needle? Because the minute you do that, it's going to start shifting things in the family. So again, if everybody was unhappy um, and I'm the one who's the odd person out, what is it that I can do? Is being happy allowed? Of course it's allowed. Are we sure about that? Because we all belong by being unhappy. So what I, I say to people is you want to look at the issue that you're trying to explore 
and you want to write down your biggest frustrations about that. Just keep writing them down. And you'll pretty soon start to see patterns emerging through that. What are the angry words or the hot words or the things? When you're finished with that, I want you to sit for a second and just think about what do I really want? What would it be like either if this issue wasn't here or if we changed it into something different? What is my deep heart's desire? And write all of that down. Because what you're then going to see is you're going to see what's trying to emerge through you. Now, mm. what's very important to pay attention to is the language that you write in. Because the language, the words that you speak and the actions that you take didn't begin in your mouth or your body. They often mm. began in the mouths and the, actual, and the bodies of your ancestors. So what you want to do is go looking and ask yourself, who else had something similar to this? Now, in some cases, people will tell me either they don't know because they don't know the, their system or no, there's nothing like that. If there's nothing like that, you may be the one who is beginning a piece of emotional DNA and you want to pay very careful attention to what you are telling yourself about the issue. What are you mm. making it mean about you and what are you making it mean about others? And really write down the things that you say because we call that systemic language. It is usually language that travels through generations or through your, in your own life through generations of you. In other words, it repeats for you. So if, and then the other one is if you don't know your family system, what you do know are the ways that you struggle and the, the desires that you have that didn't come from nowhere and it doesn't belong to just you. So even though you may not have a conscious, clear connection to them, you sure got a very distinct body and mind connection to those who came before you. And it sits in the struggles and the desires. Mm. I'm just imagining um, because like I'm, I'm Irish, for example. So the too, Holocaust wasn't, isn't the story in my family, but the potato famine is. And That's even true. if I don't yep. know the particulars of how that affected my family, I could, I can just look at a history book or look at a, even a little Wikipedia based on my, my family of origin and know we go back to a place where, where there was starvation and there was, I mean, in, I mean, deep, 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 deep struggle. And I mean, is it, could we do it like that? I mean, is that, is that part of what we could do if we don't know the particular personal absolutely, stories? Absolutely. You could do it that way. You want to look at the bigger ones and see how they affect you. So if there was famine, then you want to see, are there any eating disorders in the family? Is there anybody who's a hoarder? Is there anybody who feels insecure if they don't have more than enough? Is there anybody who has a, a lack mentality? That, that can tie straight back to there. And what you've got to say to yourself is, is that true for me right now? Because if it's not, what you're doing is you're simply mirroring and echoing the famine from the past. It's no longer relevant. You also will find, by the way, people who love food or cooks who come from a famine. They understand that food is beautiful and important. And so you can go one of two ways. Either you'll hoard or there is lack, 
or you're somebody who knows what to do with food to make mm. it last, to make it feed many. You'll, you'll have a passion for that. And it doesn't come out of nowhere. It is a gift to you. This is so fascinating. It's, um, I mean, there's so many, it's, it's so personal too. I, I, um, and I, and I know this, we want to stay focused on tests, but I'm, I can't help but get, I'm popping over here. I had uh, my (laughs) obesity in my family, like great, great, great phenomenal obesity in my family, Mm -hmm. which would be, (laughs) you know, and and even in this generation, there's a fascination with with it so yeah anyway i i hadn't i hadn't no i, I love that popped. so just stay with that for a second because it's a really good example so first you have the famine the next mm-hmm. generation's going or, or even that one we don't know where our next meal is coming from eat as much as you can so that right. mentality takes over then another one comes along and goes i don't want to do that i love food but i don't want to do it like that and all of a sudden you see a gourmet chef who cooks not big amounts, but beautiful amounts. And so food as an element evolves in the system. It is always important, but it's how is it important? And now all of a sudden you've got someone who says, well, I've always been fascinated with food, but I cook it in a way that it's healthy and nutritious. And there is always enough so I don't have to worry about storing it in my body in case there isn't more. So Mm. it's changing the language, one sentence at a time, it's, it's one new thought, one new feeling, one new action. And now you are completely rewiring the brain from a lack to an abundance, from a fear to a joy. And all of a sudden it takes on a complete, a completely, if you don't mind the pun, different flavor. Mm. It, there is something that you said in the in the session with Sharon last week about, and I thought this was this applies to I believe everyone. And you please clarify if I'm getting that wrong, but it's it's almost as if our family, these these people upon whose shoulders we stand, went through great struggle, and they in some way us carrying their struggles into our lives. It's, it's as if to say, I haven't forgotten you. Your struggles weren't in vain. I'm, I'm not just going to be flippant and move on with my life and forget that you struggled so deeply so that we could have these beautiful lives today. So it's like the, there's this carrying it. It's almost like the ancestors want to be recognized, but there's also maybe the higher self of the ancestors that want us in this present time to have joy and to not suffer as they did. You do not want to be carrying it. That is actually (laughs) the most disrespectful thing you can do because you're not leaving Mm -hmm. their faith with them. You're trying to carry it. The way that you respect it is to say, I see it. I know what it did. Watch me when I do it differently and make something good of this. That is what the system is asking for. It never asks us to suffer. In fact, we make a very big mistake globally at the moment of thinking we should invest in our ancestors' suffering and say, me too. It is not you too. Your job is to say, not me too. For Mm. you who couldn't, watch me. Look at what I can do. So the way that you 
remember or honor the struggle is by doing really well. Oh, that's wonderful. Not me too. And for those who couldn't watch me do this, and, and maybe even in your name, to honor you, not in a disconnected, disassociated way, but in a, in a way that honors the continuum. Absolutely. I, absolutely. I see you. And here's how I will continue. I will not continue your struggle. You struggled so that I had freedom. I will be freedom. That's beautiful. And you talked about joy and you gave Sharon some really specific homework to do that was um, around nature. And it seems like this might be something for everybody listening. I mean, I'm, I'm asking everyone who's listening to apply your psychic healing gifts to help us find tests, but also I want you to use the gifts from the healers that come on this show to heal to heal yourself, or not just to heal, but to but to ask what is mine what is mine to do. We can't necessarily quote unquote heal our ancestors, our our other people. We're not we're not victims like that because there's plenty to do in our own lane. There's, if we ask what is mine to do. And so can you talk about some of the things that you asked Sharon to do that related to nature or maybe photographs of, of the ones who went before? Yeah, um, it's, it's very different. It's unique to each person. But typically, if we have missing ones, I will ask the person who is present to have pictures of the missing one or pictures of the missing ones in almost like a family tree so you can see where everybody belongs. So everybody has their place. Because what she's doing when I ask her to do that is think about it. She's flipping the pattern. All that was lost is now being found. Mm. And I'm giving it a place and I'm finding joy. So I, I flipped her from lost to found. It's important. What can I find that is mine? What can I find to put in place? How have I found a home? So those are some of the pieces, the, the photos, the pictures, even the symbols, if you don't have a picture, allow you to give that person a place in your heart. And the minute that you give them a place with you, it no longer needs to be in a dysfunctional pattern. The pattern has been seen. What needs to be seen has been seen. Um, the past has been given its place, and it's now okay for the future to begin emerging. And a system's um, deepest need is to survive. Its highest mm. ideal is to thrive, not to mm. survive, to thrive. So you take the survival piece, which was the loss and the movement, the loss and the movement, they survived. But the highest ideal is to be able to create a place I can call home. Now I can stay. For all the ones who couldn't, I could and we look at the history and go, you moved out and now I can move on. So it's always about using the language and using the, the actions to flip it around and give it the other side of it because there are two sides to everything. And you are never a victim. You are always being gifted. You've just got to know how to look. Oh, so at the very least, there's the... There's the photographs and, and the physical place of honor so that they're, they don't have to. It's almost like there's this feeling, and I feel it energetically in myself, when there's 
some problem in the family. It's almost like everybody, or at least myself, is kind of limping. Like there's some, like a, I can't run at full stride while one of my loved ones is, isn't doing well. And this feels like this very bizarre, it's bizarre, not bizarre in a bad way, but just radical permission to say, I'm going to take this limping that I'm doing to honor this person or this, this person that is carrying the rest of everybody. I'm going to put it somewhere else, somewhere that's outside of my body and outside of now my psyche. Now watch me run. Now watch me run. And exactly. Yeah. That's. Mm. You no longer need to carry it. You've observed it. You've seen it. You've given it a place. And the minute you do that, it's not, it never was yours to carry. It's yours to simply give its place. And now what the system is asking is run. Be free. So this is, this feels like an, for you to see that. Ah, so be free and we can run. And I want to, I want people to know this is, this may not be a one shot deal. I had in just in witnessing the session that Sharon did with Judy, I had a profound opening in my heart um, with regards to my sister and had a wonderful exchange with her after having absolute no contact for almost two years. And, and then it regressed. And one of the things that you said, um, Judy was, there's a trance. It's like, there's, can you talk about the trance? So if somebody is listening to this and they're getting inspired about, wow, I'm going to put my ancestors on a shelf and honor them. And I'm going to be able to, I'm, I have permission to have more joy where I was feeling heavy hearted before. Yay. And then bam, the trance comes back. Can you speak to that? Yeah, what's happening when I speak, I speak about a systemic trance is this. You've got that old pattern that you've, you've been part of for a long time. The minute you feel yourself going down, you're going back to the old pattern instead of focusing on where you're headed. So what I will often say to people is I want you to put down the sentence that you're saying about that. See it. I knew it couldn't last. Put that down there and on a piece of paper. And then put on another piece of paper where you want to go. Stand mm. between the two and I guarantee you, you will feel the pull to the old one. But if you start to move to the new one, you'll also feel your heart open. Oh, it makes me feel like this. Um, it's like the Einstein quote about how you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. It's I think so right. Say that again. He is so right. He is so right. He is saying to you, take your mind out of the systemic pit and start putting it into how you can grow the system. Don't go backwards. You're living in your ancient history right now. Stop. Turn around and look at where it is you were destined to go and focus there. And again, this is the work that we do on ourselves because I can even hear myself thinking, oh, this is what I want to tell my mom to do, my sister. It's like, Kelly, no, you do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no verbal vomiting. What's that? Don't do that. No verbal vomiting. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Let's. So this is something that we do ourselves. and And maybe if we do it well enough, 
will we will inspire the ones around us to something will shift and we don't even have to look it's just such a knee jerk thing to look so again i want to bring this back to test the missing girl and the missing aspect of ourselves and in in the we just have you know we have about 5 minutes what do you have any thoughts um that you can leave us with about work that we can do or what sharon what you would like to say to sharon um as a continuation of of the work, the beautiful work that was done last week? I think with Sharon, it's what was lost is found through her. Um, I think it's, she's, she's been able to be the one to stay and it's to focus on the children in front of her as well, not just the missing ones. Don't focus on just the missing ones, give them their place, but don't get caught there. Mm. And for, for, for the rest of us, it's, when you have an issue, be very clear. If you start to go back into that issue, you, re, you are now reliving an ancient history. That is not useful to your present, the generous present, and it's certainly not useful to your wonderful emerging future. Oh, and if somehow Tess or Satya is listening to this, what would you say to her? I would say to her, great courage representing what was lost. Can you find more courage and see how you find yourself and your way ahead? Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Judy. Judy Wilkins-Smith, I so appreciate you. Um, And... Any, anything that you would like to let people know about that's going on in your world that they can find out about at judywilkins-smith.com that they should know about? Well, I would say if you, a lot of people struggle with things like money DNA because you also inherit your money DNA. Mm. And so in October, what I do is I take people down to Disney World and uh, we work very hard during the day and you go deep into where is, what is your money DNA? Where did it come from? How is it affecting you? And what to do to change that? And people who do the money DNA always go away uh, with a completely different perspective and things that seem to change and shift completely in their life. So, yeah, that is October the 28th through the 31st, and it is on the website. And uh, if they sign up for that, they also this time only will then get Emotional DNA, which is an entire module, on October the 6th through 8th. That one they will get at 125. It's normally 850. So they get it yeah, at a big, big discount because I want people to start getting out there and having fabulous lives. Yes. And that would honor the ancestors, truly. And it's so funny that I talked about being hacked right before. So... Maybe I need to be a part of that. <laughs> Maybe I that's I, I definitely you. do. We can all find out about this at judywilkins-smith.com. Absolutely. Oh, wonderful. Judy, thank you so much. I so appreciate you and your generosity and the help that you've done already with with Sharon. And hopefully even that will ripple out and touch Tess slash Satya and the whole family past, present and future. And and for everybody else who's listening and who's who's struggling, hopefully this this context will give you a brighter 
perspective and a, and a larger context to know that this isn't just your own personal struggle. There's, there's room, there's room for us to be so much more joyous. There's room for us to be much more passionate. There's room for us to run and enjoy this beautiful life that we have so that we do honor those who forged a trail ahead of us. So I just want to thank you, Judy, once again, and, and invite everyone to jump on next week. If you didn't hear the show from last week, listen, because that gives you a kind of a grounding in what we're talking about next week. I'm going to have Sharon Barry, um, the mother of Tess, AKA Satya on the line. And we're going to talk about what's happening with the police. We're going to talk also about this beautiful letter. And Judy, I don't even know if you know about this, but as a res- after the conversation that we, the session that we had, Sharon shared with me a beautiful letter that her granddaughter wrote about Tess that is kind of a really enlightened new frame for how to see this. And this is a very young 16-year-old girl (laughs) that is wiser than the Dalai Lama and all the Buddhas in the world combined. So there, if we look, if we're open to those those specks of light and to those, to the insight to give us a new way about the future. That's not just rehashing the past in the trance, but that new way, then, then we can, we can move forward and we'll find those things. So I can't wait to share Sharon with everyone next week. And also this beautiful letter that her 16 year old granddaughter wrote her that is just the epitome of enlightenment. And there's so much new progress happening with this case. I'm going to give you all the update on that next week. We're going to be doing this until, until we find her or until we feel that we're complete. So thank you again, Judy Wilkins-Smith, Judy Wilkins-Smith.com for joining us today. And thank you everyone for your attention and for your dreams. And feel free to email me if you have any dreams that feel related to this, kelly at kellysullivanwalden.com. Until we meet again next week on the Ask Dr. Dream Show, don't take your dreams lying down. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on MindBodySpirit.fm, the podcast network in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.